Hello, everyone, and welcome to Health Law Talk presented by Shahardi Sherman Williams. Before we get started, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube, linked in the description below. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Health Law Talks with Shahardi Sherman William. Here you have Conrad Meyer and the infamous Roy Bellina. Good morning. Or good afternoon, right? Yeah, depending on when you're listening to this, right. good morning or good afternoon. And today I think one of the things that we thought we'd talk about was uh, something that's flashing across the news, uh, particularly on this date. And, and today is uh, June, I think, the 11th yes. of 2021. So uh, even though this might get released at maybe a little bit later date, but right now – um, things that are going on is vaccinations. And Absolutely. What happens at the workplace with private versus public employers, mandating vaccinations, voluntary vaccinations? How does all that work out? Yeah, this is a every day. This is, seems to be a developing topic, and I, I feel like every day I get a question from someone, whether it's in the private setting or a public hospital, an employer or an employee. Um, in the news this week, there's been discussions of a big lawsuit filed in Texas for a big hospital system where employees didn't meet a deadline to get vaccinated. So I'm getting calls. I'm sure you're getting calls as well about, can I mandate? What if they don't follow the mandate? What am I allowed to do or not do? And it's it's changing every day. And we have new guidance from the EEOC out for mandatory and, and voluntary uh, vaccine programs. So I think that's a really timely topic that we discussed today. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and the, and the case you're referring to is in Houston, it's the Methodist Hospital case. Yes. You know, I saw that over 180 employees have filed a, a lawsuit in federal court because the hospital, from what I'm, I'm paraphrasing, basically said, we have a mandatory vaccine vaccination program here. If you want to stay employed, you must be vaccinated. Correct. And if you don't show proof of vaccination, you're fired, basically. Yes, that that's and, and and apparently they had a deadline. The deadline came and went. A group of these employees did not get the vaccine, and now they have this lawsuit. I know some of the employees, from what I've read, were claiming religious exemptions. Some were claiming medical exemptions. Right. And so that's another layer that gets that gets played into this. But it's going to be interesting to see how the courts handle this because. These vaccines, all three of the, the big ones in the United States, at least, are all emergency use right now. So they are FDA approved for emergency use, but they are not FDA approved vaccines. I think that's a big distinguishing factor that we should discuss a little bit. That That is the distinguishing factor. And that's what the EEOC was focusing on was what is what effect does EUA have? And that was the question. I mean, the question was hey, we have an employer in the private sector who is mandating vaccination uh, of of their employees, right? Right. And and right now, all three of the vaccinations that have EUA approval, you know, Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, um, are just that, EUA. Correct. Correct. And we expect them to get final full FDA approval as they go through more testing. And I believe the Pfizer one is the one that is doing a lower age test right now. They're testing it and I believe going down to five-year-olds. That one will likely be the first one to get full FDA approval. So when that happens, then we're going to have this discussion again. Is this a vaccine that will be mandated? Can it be mandated by employers, schools, you know, private sector, public sector, 
that discussion is going to continue to come up. So what's the, I mean, I guess the, the first question, what's the current lay of the land? I mean, does, you know, there's so many, like just breaking this down from a legal standpoint, so many legal issues involved with this, right? You've got ADA issues. You've got Gina issues, and, and we'll go over that a little bit. Sure. Um, you have, uh, you know, public versus private, federal versus state. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking multi-jurisdictional lines, you know, from and also public and private right. lines. So, I mean, we're dealing with a lot of different variations on a theme here. And then we have the medical exemptions, which there is no standard for what a medical exemption would be to not get this vaccine because it's so new. And we have religious exemptions, which is a, is a whole, that could take another episode on, on just religious exemptions. And, and think about this too. So not just the, the, the issues I raised just a minute ago, but think about all of the legal issues involved with, if you decide to do this, you go through the process. So what is, what information are you collecting from your employees prior to vaccination? Where does that fall? And are you crossing a line via an ADA violation um, if you're asking your employees too, too many invasive questions? Right. You know, because you can't ask when, when you're hiring someone, right? You can't ask them certain questions, Correct. right? But now on the vaccination, when you're doing a voluntary vaccination, um, then and you're asking this pre-questionnaire, you could run afoul of some 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 violations of ADA if you ask the wrong questions. Absolutely. And I know that the question that I've been getting recently is the basic one. Can we mandate the vaccine for a patient or our employees to come to work? A patient to come into our building or mainly employees to come into work? I know that you've been hearing that as well. What are some common concerns that you're hearing from your clients? Well, I think I think I think the issue is 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 the question uh, well, the one I got recently, which was very interesting, was we're not going to mandate vaccinations of employees, but we want any non-vaccinated employee to sign a waiver of liability for the others in case they do catch right. COVID. Correct. So they don't come back and say, "Oh wow, I caught COVID at I caught COVID at the at, at where I work." Right. And and they did it for multiple reasons. One for not only just exposure, but workers' comp. Right. Right. Absolutely. Similar question that I've had is we're not going to mandate vaccinations, but if you don't get one, we are going to shift you and your roles and duties to a role that is less public facing per se. So you're not around people, you're not around our clients. And, and that comes into, well, that's not the position that they signed up for. That's not their typical job. But since they're not getting a vaccine, they're being forced to do something that they might not want to do. They might want to be in front of the public or they might want to be working in front of the shop with the customers per se. But if they're not vaccinated, their employer is making them be in the mailroom or in the stock room away from them. So those are issues as well. But it opens up a whole problem, right? In, in my mind, it opens up a problem because let's just say, for example, the employee is pregnant, Right. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, then you, now from, you have another you have issue, a, another issue there, right? Right. And what if? Let's just you know, I'm playing hypothetical here. What if the employee also has some disability that you have you know made a reasonable accommodation for under ADA? Absolutely. And suddenly you're saying, like to your example, oh, you know, John Doe, you can no longer do X, which we've done a reasonable accommodation. We're going to put you somewhere else that maybe might not work out as well for you. Absolutely. And it's, it has financial implications as well. If you're in sales or marketing or if you're, you know, in medical device sales, I've, I've 
read of one company where if their their representatives are not vaccinated, they're asking them not to go into surgeries. They're asking them not to go meet with their doctors. So that's directly affecting their compensation, and it it becomes a huge issue. So let's let's touch base on the new EEOC guidance came out yes. in May, and one of the things they talked about was. Uh, the mandatory vaccination. So in yes. other words, if, if a private employer decides we're going to have a mandatory vaccine program using one of the current EUA and for those the emergency use authorization. Correct. So, the three big shots in the United States. Correct. So, 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 you know, they're not FDA approved. That's what people need to understand. Yes. EUA does not mean FDA, FDA approval. Correct. Now, will they likely get approved? Yes. Yes. But technically, they're not FDA approved. As of right now. And all of the guidance as far as mandatory vaccines is for FDA approved. If you if you take the example of your children that are in school, most schools require FDA approved vaccinations, measles, mumps, rubella, meningitis. Right. You can't go to school without this. Exactly. And so... I mean, how many times have you had a, I mean, now they, I remember back when I was a kid, I was a kid, I used to have, we used to have the card that the doctor signed off on. I remember now, that. Now they have these electronic, you know, repositories yes. where you have to submit everything. Yep. Everything's done in the cloud. Yeah. But, but that's where this is heading. So will the COVID vaccine likely get to where it's one of those that's required to go to a university, go to a summer camp, go to school? Yes. How but, about the colleges? I mean, you see colleges now telling um, across the country, right? If you're a student and you're going to come to class in the fall, you're going to have to get a you know show proof of vaccination, absolutely, or not, or you don't show up. And then w- this goes farther, and we can go off on this tangent, but that goes farther. If you're not vaccinated and it's a public university, what happens? Or if you say I have a religious exemption or a medical exemption, are they going to mandate you to sit in the back of the class and wear a mask? I mean, you have numerous things that that can come of this and 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 no one really knows where this is going and now it's being tested in some of the courts well we have the four we have four cases one was the methodist hospital but yes i mean we can go into more about the other cases so i think it's going to play out under eua Mm -hmm. with these three drugs and see where it goes right um one interesting thing the eeoc started when they when they came out with a new guidance at the end of may uh, just a few weeks ago um if an employer decides to have a mandatory program and a mandatory vaccination program, there's still an out. I mean, and the employer has to be very, very careful because if, if an employee has a disability, for example, yes. that, that absolutely presents a problem with a vaccination, they can't do it. They can't force that employee to get the vaccination Correct. with one exception if they consider the employee a direct threat. Very interesting. And, that's, and, and we don't know what that means. Well, well we, they give us some guidance of what, what does a direct threat mean. And, and, and according to the EEOC's race, recent guidance, that's uh, someone uh, who's in the type of work environment that uh, the employee works alone or with others. And, you know, are they by themselves? Correct. Are they with other people? How close contact are they? Similar to it, the, the mailroom versus the front of the store. Example. Is there ventilation? Yes. Um, you know, the frequency of duration and duration of the interaction of this particular employee with other other employees, uh, the number of vaccinated fully or partial of around this individual, you know, so so there is there is a 
an analysis that's been posed as to whether or not the the, the individual with an with a disability right. is considered a direct threat, and, and they 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 wrap it around the wording of is that individual uh, a significant risk of substantial harm to others, right? So, and if you believe that's the case, they say, you know, <laughs> but I mean, do you want to be the employer to test that water? I mean, do you want to be, I mean. On the news talking, being sued or, or, or possibly worse? Absolutely. Right. And, and, and if they, and if they do, interesting enough, if the, if the direct threat assessment, right, demonstrates that the employee with a disability is not vaccinated, will pose a threat, they must consider, is there some other reasonable accommodation um, that would reduce or eliminate the threat? So, that, I mean, literally right. it goes, it keeps on going and going and going. And is that reasonable accommodation to force that employee to wear a mask or to stay isolated? Those right. are things that we don't know. I mean, this is guidance, but it there's no bright line on what to do. When I have someone call me, the big question is, can I mandate it? And I always preface it with, tell me why you're thinking about making it mandatory and tell me a little bit about your your practice or your business and and what's going on because i like to talk through i think it's important to it i don't think that there should be a hard and fast yes or no for different businesses or providers on if they should mandate or not i think it's a it's an individual conversation that needs to be had if you're a business that doesn't have a lot of customers coming in and out and your employees are separated that's one discussion, but if you're in a big hospital setting, that that's another one. What are you typically telling people when they, if they just call you and say, "Can I mandate it? Should I mandate it? How do I mandate it?" Pros and cons of those. I, I would I would tell them that if you, I would I would err if I'm giving advice on the exposure side. Absolutely, err on the cover, on the caution of going to a voluntary program. Yes, uh, and and the way I would say it is, it's it's, invo- it's voluntary. You can encourage your employees to do it. And even the EEOC says you can incentivize. By allowing them to not wear a mask. Or or do other incentives as long as those incentives are not coercive. And so, uh, which is a vague term that defined, is. but it's still. Right. And then, and then um, I, I, I noticed that the EEOC also said, well, if you decide to do a voluntary program, then, you know, you could tell the other unvaccinated employees, you have to, like you said, wear a mask, right. socially distant, um, and do other preventative, get tested, right. things like that. Don't come in if you have symptoms. So uh, I, would, I would err with the, uh, on the side of, of doing a voluntary uh, uh, vaccination uh, policy within mm-hmm. my within my house. That's been my advice as well because I I knew that there are some systems that are testing out um, compensation. You know, if you get a vaccine, we'll give you an extra two hundred dollars or three hundred dollars. I would is consider that coercive? that coercive. But is that coercive? Right? I would consider it coercive. Yeah. Yes, especially someone who's a frontline worker. Yes. who might be on you know a little above minimum wage, a little above that. That to me is is it's a punitive. Yeah. And if you don't get it, you're you're being essentially financially punished. Absolutely. So another question is that you brought up interesting is a waiver, a COVID waiver. Yeah. So a, a company says that, or I want all of my employees vaccinated or not vaccinated. Right. I want all of them to say that, you know, we're taking precautions. We're following CDC guidance. Right. But I still want them to sign a waiver. 
What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? The waiver, I mean, first off, the waiver is just a piece of paper. Right. Right. I, I mean, agree. That, I mean, that's what I start with as well. It, it's a piece of paper. Whether or not it will hold up in court is a whole different story, you know? Um, so we can get people to sign waivers all they want. If right. they challenge it and we lose, it's, oh, well, it's no good. Right. Absolutely. That's I, that's the exact advice that I give is that a waiver is sometimes only as good as the paper that it's written on. It might chill a litigation effect and it might give people some pause and think, you know, here are the concerns and here are, is how they're trying to, you know, protect me or protect their company. But sometimes the waiver only gets you that far. And if ultimately, you know, they want to pursue litigation, they're going to, and the waiver might not hold up. So I love to, you know, preface when, when they ask for a waiver that I'd be glad to do one. It, it may help, but it's not a golden ticket for you to be completely free or indemnified from liability. I agree with that. And, and, and interestingly enough, I wanted to share with you <laughs> what happens when the EEOC sort of steps its toe, you know, in the ring uh, on this particular issue. Because back in December, uh, late December of last year in 2020, EEOC sim- came out and implied through through uh, rulemaking, through their discussions, that they implied that they were supportive of mandating, you know, EUA vaccines um, that were currently there. Yes. And and suddenly there was a backlash and, and, and or a lot of questions that were raised. Well, what do the EEOC mean? What do the EEOC? Nobody understands. Right. And all the employers were, were, were scrambling to figure out all the employment lawyers and in-house counsel and even employers, just, you know, your mom and pops, your small, medium, large yes. employers were saying, what do we do? Yes. What's, what's, the, what's the thing? And. And I think the question is now coming up because I think more and more employers are starting to consider mandatory vaccines or at least highly encourage them. I've, I've gotten the question from them. Well, what if my employee gets the vaccine and gets COVID and gets sick or dies or, or something else happens to them? Are, do they have a cause of action against me because I forced them to get a vaccine that's technically not FDA approved? Right. Do I have liability? Are they going to name me in a lawsuit against Pfizer or Moderna? I, it, that's a good question. That's a good question. How about the individual who has already maybe been infected with COVID, right, right, and has recovered, who has antibodies, yes, and then yet the employer now is coming and saying, "Well, I want you to get a vaccine too." Well, <laughs> right, right. What what do you do then? Right. right. I mean, t- candidly. So so interestingly, the EEOC backtrack mm-hmm. and. On its guidance in May, there's sort of the clarity that we're supposed to get, right? Um, EEOC says, well, it is beyond the EEOC's jurisdiction to discuss the legal implications of EUA or the FDA approach. So basically, they just punted. Yeah, there's no there's no answer on there's can zero, it be done or not. There's zero answer, and and I think you know that that leaves really employers in a gray area. It does as to. You know, what do we do? So I, th- I think I like your approach. I think we're doing the right approach. My personal opinion is voluntary approach. Yes, I agree uh, with that. You know, and you don't want to have a mandatory approach and it, it it causes a bad publicity issue for you as well. I mean, the goal is patient safety and employee safety. But but this vaccine and, and the rollout in the administration has been very political. It's been very controversial. And if you decide to mandate it, you have to be prepared as a business or as a practice to face some of that backlash, to be in the news, to be talked about that, 
you know, X, Y, Z practices mandating well, us to get this. And right. We're not going to get into all of, you know, my body, my choice. Sure. You know, the anti-vaxxers, pro-vaxxers. I mean, that's not, you know, that we could go on for, for many episodes. Absolutely. With either one of those positions, right? Uh, but from a legal standpoint, we're focusing on the issue of employers and whether or not those employers should mandate private. Now, it could mean public, you know, the, the, the government, the state government, for Correct. example, or, you know, for the state, the state agencies and the feds can do what they want. Absolutely. But from a private employer standpoint, what does the, you know, small, medium, large private business do? Mandate, voluntary, what do we do? That's the focus here. And right now, I think the answer is we don't we know. We don't know. And I think it has to be an individual discussion. I, I, I don't give two people the same answer. I, I always start with, tell me about your business or tell me about your practice and what are you facing? Why do you think you want to mandate it right. and, and have that discussion? And, it, and and that kind of leads the conversation and we talk through the pros and cons of it. I think, I think to your point earlier about um, someone who is on the fence about getting the vaccination who decides not to and you uh, don't mandate you do a voluntary program like we're discussing right. here, right? But then they contract COVID, and one of the comments was, "Well, do we and have now? I have have I subject myself to exposure because I did a voluntary uh, vaccination, right? And now one of my employees has COVID. Are they going to sue me, right? And and I think I, from a professional liability standpoint, I will tell you that I think it would be almost impossible for the employee to prove, hey, I caught COVID." at my workplace. Right. Nobody right. could prove that. Right. So I, I still think the employer would be safe to say, hey, look, unless you can definitively prove, which I I don't think anyone could do that, no. frankly, then, then I think you're going to be okay. So I agree with that. Maybe we just sit and wait yep. to but, find out what's going to happen when these become fully FDA approved. And this guidance is, is helpful, but the answer is still we're not sure. I think the best advice for anyone listening is, you have to evaluate it on a case by case basis. Discuss the pros and cons, and you know this might be a moot conversation when this is FDA approved and it becomes one of the mandatory vaccines to 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 do most things that require vaccinations. And if they, and again, if they if they choose if they choose to do that, you know, again, the waiver issue, social distance. Yes. What do we do with our employees who are vaccinated? All these, and does that? How do you document that? Right. Right now, there's not a universal or a national database for this so everyone receives a card and i know in our state louisiana the department of health is keeping a log of that and they've now tied it into our driver's licenses so you know that is one way to track it but are you as an employer going to now have to every time you hire someone ask them for proof of vaccination right you know it, it adds one more thing that that you have to check off the box well, I guess this will be a wait and see, right? I think so. I think until this these vaccines are FDA approved, which we all expect them to be, right now the best advice is case-by-case case basis. Let's wait and see and go from there. Excellent. Good topic. Yes. Thank you for listening to Health Law Talk presented by Shahardi Sherman-Williams. For more information or to contact us, please visit our website linked in the description below. Also, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube linked in the description below. Thank you for listening.